Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 109 with my friend, Andrew Karras. You guys, it's season four. We are back season four. Cut it out. That's scissors, because I'm so excited. I'm cutting out the bullshit. I'm pumped. I can't believe we're back. Season four is here. Uh, the summer series was killer. It was kick-ass. You guys are so nice and complimented so much of the work that went into that and some of the great guests that I got. And now we are back to listening to these beautiful, amazing stories. And what a way to kick it off. What a way to start. This is my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law's husband, which terminology is correct. We talk about that right in the beginning. I will let you get into it because I am so excited. I can't even wait and the, yeah, I, I'm just pumped. Season four is here. Is, that's crazy. So excited. Thank you guys so much. Without further ado, here's my friend, Andrew. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Are you recording? Yeah, I'm always recording. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'll use. Um, I'm excited to do this. And this is kind of perfect because this is this is like a great example of why, like, why I like to do this. Because you're someone that's regularly in my life that, like, all things considered, I don't think I know much about. <laughs> like, I was just thinking about your siblings and sibling order. And I was like, I don't know. And stuff like that. And then, I, you know, if you take out times we're sleeping or watching a movie or watching a concert like the quantifiable time we've actually spent together. It's not like huge in the grand scheme of things. Cause we're always doing stuff, you know, it's not like we're sitting there being like, so life, huh? So yeah, I'm excited about this. I was pumped that uh, you agreed to it. And it's funny cause when I asked you, you said, I'm more, I'm more, what'd you say? You're more into it now than you were last year or something along those lines. Yeah. Something like that. More <laughs> open to it now than it was previously. Yeah. Something change. <laughs> uh, Nothing, nothing like major, but just kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a greater, just say comfort in my own skin. It's hard to achieve. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that. I'm pushing 40. Uh, well, awesome. Thank you. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into that thought as well. But I always start with how I know people. I know you. Uh, I, was, I was questioning this too. And I think we've had this conversation. You would be my sister-in-law's husband. I wouldn't call you my brother-in-law unless you were married to a sister of mine, right? Is that? No, I think we're brother-in-laws. Okay. Like, you it's, know, there's it's not... It's very confusing. <laughs> like, there, there's different different layers to in-laws, but, yeah. you know, like, sister-in-law's uh, husband, that just sounds clunky. Yeah, I started to question it because I think I called you my brother-in-law to somebody, like, years ago, like my bachelor party or something like that. And then they asked about my sister. I was like, I don't have a sister. Uh, and I was like, do I not call him that? And then it's just been in the back of my head ever since. So see, now it's out there. So now I know. I can call you my brother-in-law. But yeah, you're you're married to Erica's sister, and you guys been together. How long have we been together now? Uh, we met October 30th, uh, 2011 uh, at the a... Devil's Night. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were at a sports bar in Brooklyn uh, to watch the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, that, so... And then we, yeah, you know, kind of a uh, dating and, you know, kind Ever of in, in a in a committed relationship uh, from the get-go. So that was 11 years ago in October. 
October 30th is a dangerous night to meet somebody. Day before Halloween. Some people think the day before Valentine's Day. No, no, no. <laughs> day before Halloween. That's a big commitment. Um, well, that's, yeah. So I, you've been somewhat in my life for the last, I would say, what, like eight or nine years? Because then you, when you finally visited Michigan. But I think we first met then in summer of 2012, probably. Uh, made a made a trip to Ann Arbor before. Ten-year anniversary. Happy, happy <laughs> decade, Andrew. <laughs> this is very exciting. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> To, with our tiny espresso glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been in each other's lives to some degree in the last 10 years. Uh, and like I mentioned, there's still so many things I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Then I, then I moved to Michigan August 2013. And yeah. when I started my uh, grad program. And Which I'm very curious about that as well. I have so many questions. This is never going to work. It's going to be three hours. <laughs> um, what, so the, well, let's go. Let's go back in time before I knew you. So you're born. <laughs> Um, I was born. As I insinuated earlier, where are you in the sibling order? I am. I have one older brother. He's three years older than me. Okay. Do you have a stepbrother? I do have step siblings. Yes. Yes. I'm not crazy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you would have met them at my wedding. So you're you're the youngest for the time being. (laughs) Um, And were you born in Pittsburgh? I'm assuming. Yes. Because of your affinity for all things Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm curious about that too, because when I think of you being in New York, because you moved to New York young, right? Like, eighteen. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a scary place for someone like a Midwesterner like me, because even I went there for the first time after I was in LA, but I was still like, yeah, this is still like I don't know what streets I can walk on, what streets are, like neighborhoods. It feels like you have to know a lot more to maneuver new york than you do la because la is so sprawling like you can just avoid entire sections um and i'm wondering if it was less that way for you because you grew up in pittsburgh and pittsburgh has quite a sprawl like downtown skyscraper does that make any sense to you <laughs> no and like so. especially also like i i did not go into the city like very much be, uh, beyond uh you know going to like Pirates games and, and Steelers games. Yeah. Uh, and then for a stretch there when I was like 17 or 8 and 18, like me and some friends would go into uh, Oakland where the you know Pitts campus is and like go to a hookah, go to a hookah bar because like what else okay. could you do when you're, you know, like 17 and 18? All right, and- I'm going to throw my assumptions out the window then. So we'll go back. You're born. You're in Pittsburgh. Um, where what's it like growing up with the older brother like when you start having memories and you're you know three four five and you guys get along when you're a kid and how's that what's that dynamic look like in your house uh it was generally a case of i would want to like hang out with him and do stuff with him and he would not uh want to have his little brother around (laughs) i'm familiar (laughs) yeah i have the same i have the same relationship with my brother at that age uh did you find like the things you were into when you were a kid were kind of the things he was into and you were just like grasping onto that as far as, you know, music, sports, toys, whatever that looked like? Uh, I mean, I feel like, yeah, to an extent. And then also, I don't know, just like with like what my dad would like introduce us to and, yeah. you know, things like that. What do your mom and dad do when you're born? Uh, my dad lawyer was a lawyer for PennDOT. Uh, my mom worked for Alcoa and like doing like plant safety type things. That's got to be, a d- and like 
no judgment, but that's got to be a decent like situation at home then, right? Job-wise, like income-wise. Did that play a role at all growing up? Uh, did you feel like you had anything additional or were you just kind of in a neighborhood of the same sort of thing? We had a comfortably middle class, uh, like more so like upper middle class uh, upbringing. Uh, you know, we went to... I'm going to get into, uh, you know, Pittsburgh suburbs and, uh, and geography yes. quite a bit. Yes. So uh, <laughs> went to, grew up in like the Fox Chapel School District. Uh, but we were, lived in Indiana Township, which is kind of like the boonies, uh, okay. re- the relative boonies of the uh, Fox Chapel School District. So Fox Chapel is like one of uh, Pittsburgh's more hoity-toity uh, just neighborhoods. And, uh, gotcha. you know, plenty of like million dollar, million dollar plus homes. Yeah. Uh couple of of uh country clubs and you know it's a very nice place and indiana township is still still quite nice but you know it's not uh you know basically it's like growing up it still like had enough like friends and knew enough people that like had like serious money that was like oh like we're middle class and now it's like wait no we're definitely upper middle class yeah uh yeah it's it's funny the surroundings right uh that just reminds me because we were my house was at the edge of a street, like, it's one of those roads, you know, where, like, the road is always crappy, they never repave it, and then, like, at the end of the street, the repaving starts, and all you're like, you know where the county lines are, <laughs> um, and we were like that, so everyone at my bus stop was, like, upper middle class, and we were, like, middle, lower middle class, and I never thought anything of it except for, like, that kid has more Power Rangers than me, <laughs> then I got older, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. What is that environment like? in school like how how are you what's school like for you growing up junior high the worst years of our lives <laughs> and so on i don't know i mean it's like i don't know i i kind of have a boring answer here where i just feel like oh like sure i just had a standard like school upbringing and no no great you know no huge traumas no uh yeah you no know, not, like, not, not like the most popular necessarily not, not most popular kid in school or anything like that yeah. but I'm just wondering, like, you have what I know about you, and I, I said I was throwing my assumptions out the window. I lied. Um, <laughs> but you you like sports in, in a lot of different fashions, especially Pittsburgh sports, and you're very intelligent. Was that early? Like, school was never really a thing. You It was everything. Did, like, did grades come easy to you? Were you involved in extracurricular stuff? What was your social life like in, during that time? Were you, did you do, like, t-ball and other baseball and stuff like that in school okay yeah so all right let's see here i'll I'll start with like the sports side of things uh my dad was our like coached us for baseball we had the the indiana mudcats was our team uh and you know that he kind of like set up and uh you know had made like a good number of friends there and uh also he set it up well he i mean he, he was a coach and so this Indiana Township Baseball Association yeah. was like some, you know, an organization. He did not start it, but he was he actually ran that for, for a bit when I was, say, in the ages from like 12 to 12 to 17 or so. Okay. Yeah, I, I always think about that. Like I was on a Burger King team when I was a kid and I was, it's like, who who's in charge of this? And I guess, yeah, I never thought about that until you just mentioned that. Um, so I, I, let me back up because I'm curious, what role is does sports play in your house growing up like was your brother into sports it sounds like your dad was very into sports like how does that embed itself into your dna yeah and so this is uh 
this this does seem like a bit of a, a disconnect or like a, a divide of how like me and you grew up where it's just like i feel like sports is just kind of like what you would like watch and like what you do like yeah you know. I, I would argue that's not geographic but, <laughs> but it is i think it is based on the family i mean uh you look around michigan and tigers lions like look at erica's family they're Erica can still spout out random Red Wings and Tigers facts. I'm like, why do you know this? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just kind of how you're brought up. So I, I wonder what that role was in your household. Like, was that just looking back? And I guess I'm, th- I'm trying to look at it, um, you know, more externally, uh, existentially. Like, was that the thing that you guys all did together, right? Like, if a game was on, you, your brother, your dad, maybe your mom, everybody watched the game. Like, was that a camaraderie thing when you were younger uh yeah to an extent and you know i think i remember once hearing like someone on a podcast saying that like growing up their favorite show t- you know tv show was sports and like you know that, that's kind of like how i'd think about it it's just like yeah it's like okay in the summer like you just watch uh you know put on the pirates game and just watch that and yeah, yeah sundays you'd watch that's the steelers funny, and it was just yeah. like you know it was just yeah it was like your favorite tv show so now I'm just projecting and branching off, but I'm so curious. Was it, was there ever, if you had to like draw a graph, like a pie graph, right? You have sports on one side and then you have like cartoons and <laughs> sitcoms on the other. Like, what does that look like? Was it, was it always a bigger piece in sports and, uh, Pittsburgh teams and all that? Uh, generally. And you know, you probably, so you, you're one, you didn't grow up watching just reruns the sports center. I had no, no, that sounds like the worst thing ever to me. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I, yeah. This, this is something I uh, was actually talking, talking with friends about in our group chat recently, where just about how like, you know, and like our generation, how we grew up on sports center and like kids these days don't have that. Cause you know, it's like people are just watch clips on, you know, on the internet and social media and everything. But yeah, there's just a certain generation of, uh, you know, of like, uh what i feel like it's mostly like millennials that you just grew up that yeah just like watching espn all the time and uh and especially so watching funny. just yeah watching sports center and like you know especially during the summer like watch the uh the 11 to 12 i think was yeah the baseball tonight would be 10 to 11 uh then they'd have sports center from 11 to 12 uh you know so i'd watch that and then you know wake up in the morning and watch another like two or three like reruns of sports center and just like yeah see i so i'm gonna push back a little because I, <laughs> I i don't think it's generational um because there, there are people like i know i went to school with people and i'm friends with people that that they did the same thing but then there's people like me and uh people gens whatever generation that like they were more cartoons and movies and like i mean look at all the freaking anime kids now it's like what and it was always anime and i think it is reflective of of your household like if you have parents that don't watch sports chances are you're not going to grow up as a kid that watches sports right yeah like well that, it, uh, and when i say generational is more just like espn didn't exist before like yeah, 1979 yeah, yeah. And, I gotcha. uh yeah and now i mean i feel like oh, it's, yeah. the game has changed in when terms i of, when I think of our parents playing fantasy football and like getting a newspaper out and writing down, <laughs> I, mean, I would never do that. <laughs> if I don't have an app, that's just going to update. I'm not going to do it. Um, okay. Yeah. I, and I'm just curious about that, I guess, cause a, like that's not something I experienced. 
And then B, I think there is, you know, there's, there's positive and negative connotations there. There's the positive, which is obviously like the, the camaraderie. Like when you look back, I'm sure you have a lot of great memories of hanging out with your family, watching a game or going to a game or whatever that looks like. Um, and then there's like the, I, I don't know how to phrase this because I don't think you're like a toxic masculine person in that way, but like that is embedded in the, in like a lot of the sports culture too. Like, a, uh, you know, like don't be a girl and like that sort of stuff. And I think that tapered out maybe in the eighties and nineties a little more than, than it did now. Uh, does that, any of that ring true at all? <laughs> or is that just me theorizing things? I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, there, there's definitely negative things that come up in the, uh, you know, in like sports culture and stuff uh, that are, yeah, like bad and, you know, like hazing is a thing. I remember it was a scandal when I was like in middle school that this one uh, local high school, Central Catholic, there was uh, teabagging uh, oh. kind of hazing was going on. Always and, the Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, you know, throughout high school, it'd be a common thing to uh, whenever, if like, Fox Chapel's playing central in like basketball or something that yeah people just show up with a bunch of tea bags <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah and so you can say that there's a you know for one that culture that leads to the hazing is bad but even then like the what's going off of that of like kind of trivializing things is is bad but you know there's all yeah. there's an element of I think there's an element of like kids will be kids to that uh, and you know it's in like you can't like you know and sports are gonna attract yeah certain like meathead types and have values that i would disagree with yeah. uh i don't know i mean the world has like people with values they disagree yeah. with and and it's not like you know it's not like you're, you're gonna encounter those people uh later in life anyway yeah i just uh i guess i, I was just curious it's always fun to find out about like and it feels like a different kind of culture um than the one that I know. So you're my test rep <laughs> asking questions. Your parents don't divorce till later, right? That's correct. Like how old were you? Uh, I think after my freshman year of high school is when they okay. separated. Okay. Yeah. So your brother's graduating that year? Yeah. He, yeah. He had, he had graduated that summer and gotcha. Uh, yeah. It was like, I don't know, June or so, uh, June, like t- 2009 or no, 2006. Um, and I'm, I asked this a little already, but are you, as far as school goes, you're, you're doing the team with your dad. Does that stretch out into high school too? Like playing any sports or, um, where does that, I guess the end of this question is where does that fire begin in you to be like, uh, that ends with you getting a PhD essentially. Right. Cause I feel like you followed a pretty, um, standardized path that we would all like to follow that sometimes is a little harder to do with just like you succeeded academically. And if I'm wrong on any of this, please correct me, but succeeded academically and like did things boom, 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 right after one another and kind of got to the end goal. And I imagine, I like to think at least maybe this helps me sleep better that that thought starts somewhere or that performance or that ha- like the habitual pedagogy kind of starts somewhere where you know what i'm saying does that make sense i mean yeah so to to respond here i guess once and this is some family dynamics 
Uh, it's always been a thing that, w- that my brother has been the more athletic, athletically okay. gifted and just yeah, Same. better coordination <laughs> <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, not, you know, didn't like perform as well in school and, you know, I'd uh, like to say not as, not as bright, like to, like to uh, still contend that I'm smarter. That's right. Uh hope you're listening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then then i just don't didn't have that same <clears throat> that some of those same abilities and but just you know school just like kind of came easy and yeah. uh you know it's just like more interested in reading and things like that i imagine given your parents um um professions that like it was just always a given that you're gonna graduate college or you're gonna graduate high school and then you're gonna go to college yeah that was never like a, an optional thing <laughs> Correct, yeah. Okay, just double-checking. As many of you know, I am in grad school right now to become a licensed therapist because I believe that therapy is so powerful and that everybody can benefit from it. That's why I'm so proud to have BetterHelp sponsor this show. You know, we all have times when we want to talk to somebody, and going to someone professional can be much more rewarding and beneficial than just maybe talking to your friends, right? Maybe there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving some goals. You know, I've spent some time in therapy myself, and I have gotten so much from it, and my life has gotten so much better because of it. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, maybe even me one day, and there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000-plus therapist network, and that may not be locally available in many areas, and that's why it's available for clients worldwide through BetterHelp. When you sign up, you can start communicating within 48 hours. Uh, you know, you get those light bulb moments when you're laying in bed. With BetterHelp, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. No awkward therapist breakups if you're not a match. It's a more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. I checked that out myself. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp wants you, and so do I, to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash friendrequest. That's Better H-E-L-P, and join the one million... Oh, Nope, over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional therapist. There's a special offer for friend request listeners. You get 10% off your first month of therapy when you visit betterhelp.com slash friend request. That's betterhelp.com slash friend request. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you support our show. And then... What happens with your living situation when your parents divorce? My dad stayed in the house where we, you know, had been living. My mom rented rented a house, you know, still in the same township, like same school district. There wasn't any like set you know, like routine, like yeah. you know, days and versus weekends. Well, because you're like teenager at that point. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, I was for the most part, I guess for a bit there, I still couldn't drive, but for you know, most of high school, yeah, was able to drive. My mom would travel, had had a fair amount of travel for work, so it wouldn't have made sense to do, you know, like have some set like, oh, Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday with one parent and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, and they worked out some schedules and uh, it was about yeah. like 50-50 or so. And 
Which is still in the district where you could like go to school. Yeah, yeah, and I could even take the bus. Could take the bus. Oh, nice. Okay. So, well, that works then. (laughs) Um, They they definitely made things. uh, They, you know, it was clear that they made things like try to make things easy easy for me, and you know, I, I don't think it. I don't think it ever got ugly, uh, but they certainly didn't like expose me to any ugliness. That was kind of what I was curious about too, is like, was there a lead up or was it like you came home one day and they're like, we're getting divorced. And you're like, what? (laughs) What did it take you by surprise? Or was there a gradual, like, this is probably going to happen. So I imagine like 13, 14, you can pick up on some of that. Uh, it was, yeah. So it was like one, like Saturday morning or something. My dad was, crying and like you know my mom had said something along the lines of like want to separate and and you know it just was a, a shock and surprise wow yeah that's that's got to be that's got to be a difficult thing to come home to um or wake up to yeah did your brother leave the house after he graduated yeah i mean well because he because he went to college. you know he was, was still around for that summer but then went to uh virginia for college so what was it like if you can remember this at all but that I mean, your mom moves out, your brother's gone to college, and then like suddenly from four of you, it's just you and your dad in the house. Like, what what is that like? Does the dynamic change? You guys turn into like Ozzy and Harriet, where you're like trading chores. Like, what does that look like? I don't. Hard to remember. Like, I feel like you know, obviously some things change, but there wasn't like a massive upheaval. Upheaval. Yeah. You know. I, I, I did that affect you at all outside of the house? Like, do your grades slip at all? Were you, like your social life impacted at all, or was it just something you guys kept at home? Yeah, just kind of more something like kept at home and. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, no, 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 no real. Uh, I don't know. You know, wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> uh, anyway, it wasn't wasn't like a terrible. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't anything too outwardly terrible. Yeah. Where's the decision to go to New York for undergrad? Uh, well, let's see. So I guess first a little bit about my high school. Like, it's always like wild hearing about like Katie talk about her experience at, uh, you know, at Ortonville yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and getting contrasting against mine where like she was kind of like bullied and made fun of because she went to, to University of Michigan, which is you know it's still like an in-state public school yeah but yeah like i so where i went to school like it was people like wanted to get good grades and like wanted to like do well in school and wanted to you know yeah get into good colleges and so i was definitely you know that was definitely kind of like my mindset when it came to like colleges like all right you know like want to go to a top place and you know and i applied to you know like a number of of ivy leagues and Ooh. other like uh, Did you get in any of them? <laughs> getting ahead of yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so, so I applied to like a, a number of like select uh, selective places. And then I also applied to a few schools which sent me letters saying like, hey, we'll waive the application fee and just fill out this form or like send in like a, a, pr- a writing sample. I think like Tulane and uh, maybe like Allegheny College and, and uh, NYU Poly. Uh, so it's like sure, like it you know didn't take any extra time. Yeah, I ended up not getting into any of those you know any any of the good like selective schools that would have also had a high tuition bill. And instead, I got into yeah I got into the Polytechnic you know University of New York 
of NYU. Okay. I think I feel like it was the best school that I had gotten into, and they were giving me a good amount of money, and you know, I was definitely down and open to to moving to New York. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah. If you would have said you can go to a big city at eighteen, I would have been like, cool. I, I'm curious about high school because so what you just said. What was the NYU uh, school that you got into? NYU Poly. Went? It's it was a it was in a transition state of like it used to be its own school called Polytechnic University, uh, but then NYU they ran into some money troubles and NYU wanted an engineering school and so they NYU kind of like bought them out like okay. merger. It's now like fully integrated as the Tandon School of Engineering. So I'm gonna play uh, my stupid card. Polytechnic is engineering. I don't know. I don't know what that word is. <laughs> Multi. It's like technical. Uh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is where I'm curious because I, I wonder if I wonder if you're you're able to answer this or not because you were in that environment the whole time. But I imagine then your high school offered some pretty like extra stuff, right? If you're if you're like it wasn't just standard science classes and then you went to an engineering school, right? Did you have any stuff that you did in high school around that that? Like I you, mean, there was AP classes, you know, and there was like some extracurricular stuff. Like there, you know, like a number of people went. Did you guys to, have went, a robotics team? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about robotics. Uh, I'm feel there was definitely a number of people who like from my school who like have become doctors and like always like wanted to go to med school. And I'm sure there was some sort of like pre med or like science clubs that they were a part of that I wasn't. I I was on the math team okay. uh, for a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess why why engineering. Because I knew that it used math and that it was math and science and that it was like also practical. Okay. That is quite a way to think for, for an 18 year old. I just, I, and again, projecting, I just had no, I, practicality was not something that I referenced often. I mean, at, the, at the other side age. of it is like, I, you know, I, I kicked ass in like math, math and science yeah. classes and like, you know, English was like, you know, when like writing papers was like tougher and I didn't like it. Yeah. So I wanted to do what I was good at. So like definitely a STEM school and that's what you settled on was engineering. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily tell you exactly, couldn't think back to why say yeah. exactly like say engineering versus like, oh, doing like chemistry. But I don't I'm, know. It's, in hindsight, I'm glad that how it worked out. Yeah. It... <laughs> I'm going to ask you to go into a mindset. You're 18, just graduated high school. You're in New York City. <laughs> no no parents around. I mean, you have school, obviously. Uh, what does that look like? What does that freedom feel like? Where, like, How are you able to discipline yourself that first semester in freshman year? What does that look like being in the big city? <laughs> so I had four roommates uh, my first year. One of them was... Uh, was a cool guy that ended up living with throughout throughout college. Another guy was a uh, well-meaning like Christian uh, who like didn't didn't like do very much, didn't hang out with us. And then the other guy was uh, I don't know, just like kind of like narcoleptic and just like <laughs> really into like gaming. Didn't see much of him either. And would just fall asleep randomly. <laughs> it's he would you know sometimes yeah be sleeping in class or you just like see him out on a couch in like one of the lounges just like sleeping and he very frequent he rarely often would not be sleeping at night like you know in bed i don't know i don't know if that was like 
actually narcolepsy or if he was just like you know just into gaming and yeah. was just That's just be staying up with people that wasn't your that wasn't your best buddy <laughs> oh, and this is all to say then yeah like me and my buddy jared like oh yeah we would like try to party and like yeah. go out and do stuff and like you know it was easy enough to you know to like get booze and to find places that didn't card and it also wasn't like i didn't want to i've always been like uh boring boring with like finances and like didn't you know didn't want to like spend too much money or anything so that was a bit of a constraint like okay i'd never know where does that come from if anything you know to an extent like maybe like how i was raised and just in terms of like you know like having allowance and yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to say exactly where that is, yeah. but yeah, I've always, uh, not always, but recently, when people have that sort of mindset um, at an age that I relate to as like a self-destructive age, I'm, I'm always curious, like, oh, how did you get the, like? How come I didn't have that? Um, I know why I didn't have that, but and then so you're out there for a couple of years, and then you meet Katie. Correct. Do you, Do you care to tell that story? I know that story, but I love it. I started going to this one great sports but bo- well i wanted to be able to watch the steelers uh because like yeah. it's just unthinkable to not like watch the steelers <laughs> uh you know so i googled like you know steelers bars new york city and you know saw this one place cody's which was in walking distance from uh, from where i was yes. and so first went there like september uh you know september 2009 and cool place they didn't ask for an id Perfect. uh you know so i would <laughs> Yeah, we'd have a habit of like going there and drinking like, you know, three or four beers and like watching the Steelers and got to meet meet a few other people like uh and particularly these two guys. I want to say their names were Tony and Jeff. And call back to earlier, they had uh gone to Central Catholic. Oh, uh, that's funny. Well, I guess it's a Pittsburgh bar, so well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Then we we met Katie on October thirtieth, twenty eleven. Steelers are playing the Patriots. It's a 4:30 game. Like I was kind of like nervous going into it and just not expecting very much. Like the Patriots have always had the, you know, and Tom Brady have always had the Steelers number. Yeah. You know, at, at one point during the second quarter, or so some, you know, some cute blonde woman like punches me in the arm and it's like, "What's going on with that?" and like she like kind of smiled. I didn't really think too much of it. But then It's like playground flirting. <laughs> <laughs> Punching the yeah, then then later, like later in the game, like things are going good. Steelers are uh, have a lead. Tony was talking with this other woman, Jana, who was there with Katie. And honestly, I don't know if I talked to Katie at all, like during the course of the game. But then, like afterwards, feeling great, you know, Steelers won. Yeah. Like Tony offers to buy another round. Where's that uh, lady that punched me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, so just like continuing to hang out for more and and then got in conversation with Katie. She's asking me questions such as, what was my favorite beverage? And I said, Snapple, which she still kids me about. <laughs> she also asked me to, you know, to like talk about my parents' divorce. That, you know, On the that first night? Time. Yeah. Wow. It took me 10 years to ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's such like an aggressive dive into conversation. How, how'd you respond to that? I, Kind of like, maybe kind of like did on this podcast or just like, like, I don't know, like, you know. That's funny. I like picturing that, like, uh, I imagine a little tipsy end of the game, uh, underage at the bar, <laughs> just, you know, some 
some blonde chick who punched you in the arm starts asking you about your your history and your family and stuff that's just it's just funny visual i like that <laughs> so you still had another couple of years at nyu i'm guessing right correct what is are, are you narrowing your focus at this point in school as far as like what you're going to graduate in what you want to do afterwards yeah and so i i had declared for you know declared my major of chemical engineering after my freshman year and like you kind of have to commit early in engineering the first year you can you know you do like basic classes that it's like kind of the same across all disciplines but then beginning your sophomore year that's when you get into like you know specific classes for that major and so yeah, you kind of kind of need to <laughs> need to make a choice there. Why uh, chemical engineering? Uh, this, is the, this is the question I've been waiting to ask. Why that? I think just because I I liked chemistry was my favorite science class, and okay. like oh, like this combination of that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if there was a uh, like any any passion or curiosity behind it. I don't know. When I, otherwise, like when I think about like mechanical engineering, I think of like working on cars and like you know being mechanic type stuff and it's like yeah. oh you know not handy with that but like civil engineering is like buildings designing buildings and stuff and wants to do that. wasn't that wasn't <laughs> a cup of tea like electrical engineering computer engineering is just like that was like felt like too bit out there and like outside of my comfort zone yeah so there was an element of just kind of uh uh the last one left <laughs> yeah you know yeah and and just narrowed it down and, and then also like oh sure chemistry like i've i've always been good at chemistry like yeah, yeah. um where'd your brother go to school uh university of mary washington in fredericksburg virginia okay that's <laughs> like which washington <laughs> um so w- just jumping back i'm all over the place now but what is your relationship like with him after like your parents divorce and he goes to college or are you because as you guys get older, do you maintain the same, like, throughout high school, you're wanting to hang out, he just wants you to go away because you're the little brother? Or do you guys get closer at that time, or is that later? What does that look like? Yeah, so there's there's still that general dynamic of of, uh, of not, not, you know, not being too close throughout, like, high school and, you know, throughout, like, when he went for college. Yeah. I feel like our relationship, like, began to improve when we were together into, like, a fantasy football league together with, like, you know, some other uh friends and you know that that also then like started a group chat uh i'd like to point out the full circle camaraderie around football and sports <laughs> it's bringing you together yeah yeah and so like we uh, th- from there like we started like you know interacting more just on a group chat and then you know and it, like around like 2014 2015 it was like when i'd like come back like he would actually like want to see me and it was it just it was like a it was a different dynamic is like of a like wait is this what's going on here it's like it like it took me a bit to like accept like oh wait this he's not this isn't like not like setting me up for something yeah like like you know my brother chris and like you know like other friends like jimmy and dan like these guys who like paddled me once like when (laughs) uh like before i started high school it's like oh wait no they actually like you know are like just friends yeah i imagine you have a wall up and you're like well hold on (laughs) You gotta really work to get through the gates there. Yeah, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I know my brother's changed, but uh, do I know my brother's changed? <laughs> That's the trick. All right, yeah, I was just I was just curious about the your guys' relationship because I've only known you obviously the the latter years, 
of, of you guys. Um, and then I'll say, thrown onto this, it was a bit of a bummer that I moved back to Pittsburgh in, what, 2018 uh, or so, and not too long after, he moves out to L.A. You know, we only had, like, you know, like a year and a half stretch of, like, Minimal living in the same city when we were actually, like, friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when do your, where, where on the timeline do your parents remarry? Let's see. My dad, he uh, got into a relationship with Brenda around 2009, I think. Uh, 2009, 2010. How old were you at that point? I was like 18 or 19. Oh, okay. I, was e- I either had left for college or was about to leave for college. Okay. My mom moved to Florida and like was in a relationship with Terry around 2010, 2011. Like, I think when I was a later. sophomore in college. Yeah. Was it weird when you would come home and your mom no longer lived in Pittsburgh? Or was it like you just took trips to Florida now? <laughs> yeah, it was more like that. We okay. just take trips to Florida. <laughs> well, fine then. <laughs> what What is that like meeting? Because I imagine, I'm trying to think of the dynamic of you're graduating high school, you're going to New York. Uh, I imagine there's some form of dating or going out. While at the same time, your parents are like now dating people like, within you know that same kind of time span and like is that weird at all like is did you actively see your mom or dad dating before they were like this is this person did you meet other people in that span no there wasn't any like there wasn't really much like my parents like weren't like dating around oh, anything yeah. like that they like, weren't on tinder so, <laughs> yeah no i figured that <laughs> i was curious so you are all in on Katie and you leave New York. I don't know how much we need to get into like, cause we've talked about this extensively, you and me, but um, picking a graduate school again, was that just expected? Uh, so the way that, it, way that things went for me, I had a combination, like when I was in school, like I was like in the honors program and you know, I like had a little bit more like guidance and like attention as a result and I was nudged into summer research opportunities. And so I, I did summer research things after both like freshman, sophomore, and junior years. Part of that, it was just kind of like a accepted, like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is like a thing, like doing research. And like, that's, you like go to grad school to like do this and like continue this. And, and also along with like, I don't know, like when I was graduating in 2013, it, my sense was like, if I would like, have like a really good job offer like i would you know probably take that but like otherwise would just go to grad school and i also i didn't really try very hard to like find a job uh well are there engineers that just don't have a phd yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so that so then you just it's just kind of set in place by the time you get there then i mean it wasn't really until like junior year that like oh like you know do more research and schooling and go to grad school. People are asking me all the time about non-alcoholic beer. Sure, it could be because I've done almost 100 non-alcoholic beer reviews, but I think it's because I know my shit when it comes to non-alcoholic beer. And that is why I think you can be completely comfortable in taking my recommendation for Wellbeing Brewing. Wellbeing Brewing is a non-alcoholic brewery out of St. Louis that offers a huge variety of non-alcoholic beers. My personal favorite is their Intentional IPA, which is their flagship IPA, super hoppy flavor, and it comes in a nice tall 16-ounce cans. You know, I got big hands. I need the big cans. 
You guys know what I'm talking about. That sounded pervy. Never mind that. Check them out. Wellbeing Brewing. You can save 10% uh, using code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout, or you can just go to wellbeingbrewing.com slash FRIENDREQUEST. Save 10%. You can trust me on this recommendation because it's freaking delicious. Back to the show. I'm curious. A lot of this is, it sounds very practical. A lot of the, in the way you describe it, you're like, this is what you do. I can get a good job. Like it's, you know, there's, there's a market for this and the, you know, the more educated I am, the more I'll likely get paid. It all sounds very logical and practical. And I think it's worked out <laughs> in that way, but I'm wondering if there's anything in the background other than sports <laughs> that you have some, like some sort of passion around and, and what that is. I don't know. Uh, there's, I mean, it's just, I've like, you know, enjoy things like, you know, like when I was in, you know, say, you know, enjoyed like media and like, you know, content, uh, yeah. like that when I was in New York, I was, uh, uh, had like a membership at like the Brooklyn Academy of Music, their cinema, which, and I just saw like so many movies, especially, especially before I met Katie, I would just like probably saw like 200 movies in a year because wow. it was just, you could just like walk down. I just had to like walk down Atlantic Avenue and didn't have to pay any money. I'd stop at a like a Two Brothers Pizza and get like two slices of pizza for a dollar, and that'd be my dinner. And I'd you know watch like a six fifty showing. Nice. Was that re- movies that were coming out at that time? Uh, no. So they they would uh, Bam. They have they had four screens. Three would show new new releases. Uh, you know more so of like a general like yeah, yeah. uh you know indie yeah. uh okay. more m- leaning more towards indie and a tour as compared to like you know marvel uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh but then they'd also have one screen that would uh they would like kind of show a different movie each day that it'd have like their like programs uh of okay. you know so like it'd be like a Cary grant festival showing like different Cary grant movies they're like kurosawa uh a lot you know just like more yeah, so these are ones you learn about in film class. Yeah. 200 in a year rivals my like employment at Blockbuster. So bravo to you. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's, that's fun. I guess I didn't realize I knew you liked movies, but to that degree, and I got, what is it? What is it that drove you there so often? Like what asked, can you, have you ever thought about that? What aspect of like watching the movie? that you enjoy so much uh well let's see first have you ever heard about uh ira do you know who this guy is ira glass no (laughs) yeah so i have a friend ira and he's like one of my dad's like good friends uh they would always like go on these baseball trips together and you know they'd like come and visit and went to steely dan concert with him at the beacon theater in new york like shortly before i started school and he was living in, lived in Poughkeepsie. And one thing I did, like, the first, like, few months of starting at school, like, took the train up to Poughkeepsie and, like, you know, spent the weekend with him and, like, visited. We, like, drank tequila and, like, I learned about uh, Criterion Collection. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, he, like, you know, kind of also, like, began to intru- he introduced me to, like, more music, like Tom Waits and, you know, some other. Tom, Tom Waits is the one that really sticks out in terms of what he introduced me to musically. Yeah, and then also, yeah, learned about, like, the world of Criterions and 
yeah more of that art house flair stuff and then like yeah bam was like right down the street from me and it was just kind of it was a you know he kind of like helped like showed me and ushered in this like world of like that uh i don't know like that uh like new york art house flair yeah. type type stuff and was there a specific film you saw that you're like oh i want to see more like is there something that sits in the back of your head that you're that you want like oh if i could see that if i could capture that feeling kind of like where i saw that film and i was like oh i gotta watch more of these i gotta find more of this like i don't know what they did or like maybe it was a cinematographer thing or what you know i'm talking about like something one film that sticks out to you that like started the ball rolling the first that first uh one of this like first weekends with ira like we watched some jim jarmish watched down by law and then like within a week or two of that stranger than paradise uh was playing at bam that you know like went you know went to see that then like by myself you know and that like kind of introduced me to bam and also like introduced me to like john lurie and like the music of like the lounge li- of the lounge lizards you know which which was like yeah something that kind of went down with that path you know, that was a bit of an introduction to that stuff. And I don't know, I wouldn't say like, it's not like Jim Jarmusch is like my favorite filmmaker or anything yeah. like that, but you know, that, that would be, rolling, yeah, that helped get the ball rolling. And then, I don't know, just in general, just going to see, uh, yeah. I just, I've always like really li- just like that experience of being in a movie theater, like paying attention, not, you know, not like looking at my phone, Yeah, you know, just good way, good way to spend some time. Yeah. That's a, uh... And those are very specific references from the music and the movies. Like when you're saying this stuff, I'm, I have like a handful of people in my mind and I'm like, yeah, I know those people. (laughs) I know, I know the Tom Waits criterion collection people. (laughs) Like I I hung out with a lot of them. And for me, like, I think, I think it might've been Rushmore that I was just like, I like, like this tonality, this like independent, not like anything else I'd ever seen. And like part of that is Wes Anderson just cause yeah, and I love Wes Anderson, but I never was able to get into the, like the Kurosawa stuff and like seven samurai and like go down the film hole the way that some of my friends were. I don't know if I ever appreciated it as an art other than like the art of entertaining me. If that makes sense. But I, I find like I can hear the excitement when you're talking about this, that time and describing going there and everything. And then you're also in this place where I imagine you just are surrounded by NYU film students in those, in that fourth theater that's showing like classic films. Is that ever like a run-in that you had with people where you're like, cause it's so, a specific audience. <laughs> well, yeah. So here's the thing I was, would to not really have like peers like that. I was like doing this with like, yeah. it was, it was, this was like, basically like my own thing and i was like you know yeah it was just like going solo and yeah yeah, it was just the thing i did with myself was it and it was i I don't know i don't want to like dive too deep into a psychological rabbit hole (laughs) like was it a uh was it an escape or was it just like i don't want to spend a bunch of money this is something i enjoy doing like, was there any aspect of like loneliness or anything involved there? Because two hundred movies in a year is a lot of a lot of days. That's uh, yeah, two thirds of the year right there. Um, so I'm just trying to pick that apart a little. But uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, to an extent, like it didn't didn't like have like the strongest like 
you know connection with with peers and, yeah. and it was just kind of like i don't know it was like a doing what i wanted to do kind of thing and was this freshman year no i so saw i got i got the uh movie past my i think it was uh yeah like the summer after my freshman year i think it's like when i started it and like when there was like a Cary grant festival going on and okay. that that first year especially yeah it was just going going all the time and then then i i had it again for so i had it all my sophomore year i had it again my junior year uh, but that also coincided with when i met katie like midway through that or so and you know still pl- went to see plenty of movies with her there but you know yeah not as <laughs> yeah, yeah not as many I'm going to fast forward. I'm still, I still have so many questions about sports, uh, but I don't know if you can answer them because I think they're generally, general, generally generalizing. That's a phrase, right? But so you, you and Katie, you come to Michigan, you go to U of M, you get a PhD, go back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want, I want to fast forward to you guys find out you're having a kid. <laughs> What's going through your head at that point? Was that, was that a, not, I don't want you to take this word wrong, but was it planned in the way that like, we're going to ha- try to have a kid now? Or was it like, we're married, we're in this house and now we're pregnant. Uh, yeah, it, it, it had been like kind of like long planned and yeah. like kind of prepared for like, you know, like we, we bought our house in the neighborhood that we did because it had good, good school district. Like it's good neighborhood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it, and it was, uh, you know, when it was the beginning of, the beginning of 2020 we're like yeah let's like you know uh have a kid and you know Perfect it's, like, timing. It's, it's, it's time it's time to try this like and you know i think that was like february it's like february 2020 when we're like all right like you know we're gonna try now yeah uh and <laughs> you know so you know what i think like found out in uh like late march early april and you know just excited and, right when everything was closed down <laughs> So yeah, I, I guess that was. That you said you were excited. Um, was was there any panic in your mind, or or any background fears, or did you always want to be a dad? Like, where did that play a role when you kind of found out it was actually happening? It wasn't just like a plan. I don't know. I it was more just you know happy, and it's not like it was like you know it wasn't like over the moon like oh my god i can't believe it happened it was just kind of like you know okay this is like expecting it and yeah. you know and like it's here and like this is you know this has like been like you know what we wanted to the practical want, logical to brain coming back <laughs> um so yeah i mean you you guys have a kid in the middle essentially of covid uh right around when uh yeah uh right around when like once the vaccines were approved was when when shane was born um, so what, I mean, what is that whole experience like? I, I'd like seeing him like have become like in that moment of becoming like responsible for this person. <laughs> and then at the same time, like doing all this around the guard of COVID and everything being shut down. And, uh, I mean, were you able to be in the delivery room and all that stuff or was that still not a thing? Uh, yeah, so let's see the, there were certain, certain, like, say, like, early, like, OBGYN appointments and such that, like, I couldn't go to because it was only, like, one person, uh, you know, because of COVID. That's gotta be hard. Yeah, and so there's definitely, like, there's things throughout the pregnancy that were just kind of, uh, you know, like, experiences that we 
didn't get to have that uh were you know yeah just missed out on and yeah. oh you know it's such a weird time and like you know just kind of trying to like do whatever you can to get by like i certainly played like a, a shitload of video games during <laughs> during 2020 <laughs> to help help pass the time yeah yeah like you know like katie couldn't uh like see friends like very much it had to be like very guarded about like how we were like approaching things and it's like looking back it's like man we should have like made more of a point to like you know just like see people like outside and well, but no <laughs> we were yeah. wiping down our groceries with yeah. sanitizing wipes at one point but yeah so the actual delivery like yes i could be there uh you had to had to wear a mask at like at all times and even Katie had to, was supposed to be had to, like being wearing a mask except when she was like actively pushing like in labor. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I could be there. We couldn't have there couldn't be like any other guests yeah. or such, which in some ways was like nice because it was just like you know it's just just us and Shane for those like first you know like that that first day and, and such and you know Katie could just like whip off her shirt and like have her boobs out <laughs> like as she's like learning about Woo! like yeah. about like uh, <laughs> nursing and such and have to like worry about like oh i don't want my father-in-law to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like then that you know that that first with the first like moments after like childbirth it was you know it's like just a huge huge rush of like uh what's the word for chemical compounds that like dopamine serotonin adrenaline <laughs> yeah but <Ecstasy>. then to <laughs> see well there's uh, uh hormones ah. uh <laughs> yeah just like you know just like <laughs> it's like i don't know where you're going um <laughs> yeah so just like yeah it's just like some like really like just like really like strong like i don't know yeah just like kind of like hormones i feel like yeah you're kind of dealing with in those like first like in that immediate time like after after birth and even you know like as the father still like and you know like it lasted for you know you know weeks after still it was just in terms of like it's like oh like i'm feeling things like so much like more intensely and like like experiencing like such like a deeper a deeper and like different kind of love yeah right now and like you know not just for shane but like for katie and just like guys like, are a little unit mm -hmm. and and i'm wondering if uh, this played any impact and given that your your film stuff was a little later in life i don't know if it would but so I think when I, when I think of like having a kid, right in my mind, I can picture about 5 billion scenes from TV shows and movies of like what that looks like. Right. Was that, was, did you have any feeling of like, I guess reflecting back, not in the moment, cause it's got to just be a joyous moment, but do you, did you have any feeling of like, Oh, I didn't get to experience like this little thing because like COVID kind of had us not allow that. Like, were there, was there any of that looking back and thinking about what you might have thought normal would have been in that scenario? There's definitely, there's, like, certain, like, things that they're, like, normal that, like, yeah, we didn't get to do. Like, we had a Zoom baby shower. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it's, like, sometimes I think, like, oh, got to, like, avoid some, like, annoyances that, like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but, you know, yeah, also... also uh yeah i certainly missed out on some things and i don't know i mean it's like it sucks but like and i <laughs> you know like i try not to dwell on it too much yeah. uh because like that's not gonna help <laughs> yeah it's that practical brain again <laughs> um but looking back now shane's about to be 19 months this month i mean looking back over the last year and a half what what's been the what's been the like maybe some nice things about oh there's not people around all the time and then some also like oh i heard it takes a village but it's it's just us for a lot of this 
Like, what has that been like? Because I know Erica, you know, my wife, she was devastated that she didn't even get to meet him for until he was almost six months, right? Mm-hmm. We, that was the first time we were able to come down there. Um, so I, I, I know you had family nearby, but how much did they play a role in those early? Well, yeah, and like that, that some of that, some of that early stretch was like kind of tough because we were also wanting to be like very cautious yeah. and you know like waiting for my dad and stepmom to like be like vaccinated and we had like very like minimal like seeing of them and you know Shane was born in December, uh, saw very little of them in like January and February and especially like February like after I returned to work Shane was like starting to do a bit more than just like sleep and nurse uh it was like really kind of like tough there for a stretch yeah it just kind of like sucked like not seeing people and like you know not having certain kind of like help uh that would have you would have in like more normal situations do you feel like most of of it kind of lifted now as far as getting a sense of of normalcy and and having that village around you and does it feel a little more like okay this is what it's supposed to be like i mean there's still still kind of like want more of this yeah. and like this is something i kind of actively trying to like get in the neighborhood of just yeah meeting others and yeah. just like yeah wanting to have low stakes hang with neighbors and just like and you know especially others who are you know have have kids like, yeah i imagine it's just, better for shane to see more kids mm-hmm. yeah it's tough and like weird to be making friends as an adult and <laughs> and i mean as you've seen like it you know when you've got when there's a toddler around like it's so much can just depend on like their moods in terms of what can be done in a given day and yeah. like nap timing like how and how do you find like time to get together and don't want the house to look like complete shit there can definitely be a, plenty of reasons like for like things not to happen and yeah. but but it, you know it's it's just it's also tough if you had to pick a highlight of the last 18 months other than just like having a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what is like being a father like what what has been the the best part about that well one, one like standard thing that's been great is just i've always like taken shane for a lot of walks whether like strapped to my chest or like in a stroller or in like a little backpack carrier <laughs> uh like hiking bag and now like you know us like walking like side by side down time like just in general, like having that time yeah. with him has been great. And also, you know, it's also a time I like catch up on podcasts. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, I've also been able to like meet, like meet other neighbors. Seeing the joy that, that like they get out of like seeing Shane is like awesome. Uh, you know, it's just, like seeing like someone like smile, like and wave, like when driving by. Yeah. You know, it's great. And You're the dad in the neighborhood. <laughs> I definitely, definitely have a bit of a reputation as, as, as a dad who's always, always out walking. Yeah. That's not a bad reputation to have. I'm, we're kind of current, but I do want to, I told you I was going to circle back to sports because this is what I've been thinking about. Because the way you talk about it, like how you were talking, like, why would you ever not watch a Steelers game? It's almost like a religion, right? Like it is this thing that you commit to on a weekly basis and and sp- and spend dedicated time around i'm just wondering if you had to explain that feeling or that almost like that uh i don't want to say obligation because i don't think it's an obligation to you i think you enjoy doing all that but if you had to explain that to someone that had no idea what sports were how would you personify that and, and what that what you get out of it because i think and I, I might sound stupid that i keep going back to it i don't know if it does or not but it i think there's something to be said there uh, about the 
foundational piece that that's played in your life and many others lives who grow up in, in a household where that's something that like members of the family or the whole family does together. And, and I think there's something there and I'm, I'm legitimately asking cause I don't know how I would describe that either. Other, other than like a church thing, like, Oh yeah. A group of us all like, like the same thing. And so we all get together uh, at the same time every week to uh, observe this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how, how you would describe that, but it's fascinating to me because I think it does play such a huge role um, in developing those interpersonal relationships within your family, as well as, you know, with friends when you're out uh, meeting Katie at the bar watching the Steelers game, right? Like, there's there's something there and i wonder how you would name it without describing sports at all does that make sense uh yeah let's see i mean it it creates a uh oh more so like thinking about like say friends and like just interacting with other people like it creates like a base like starting point of like something to like talk about and to kind of like riff off uh and that's ultimately something that's like low stakes so I mean, I'm sure there's like, there's people that get the same feeling in terms of what sports is like done for me in terms of like being like my, my favorite TV show or just like, just like a jumping off point for like content I consume and such like that. Like, I'm sure people get that same type of experience from watching Fox News or MSNBC. Uh, And (laughs) direction shifted quickly. (laughs) And like, you know, and it's like, sure, that's probably like just what they want to talk about of like, it's like, oh, have you heard about like the you know like what's happening in like florida schools yeah. like as in terms of like how how they would like want to just approach interactions whereas i'd rather like you know like so uh, you know how about uh how about like jordan Poole and how he's been coming along for the warriors isn't that cool you know it's like it it can serve it can serve like that and it's like so it's like a much lower stakes thing than does it feel like, like second nature to absorb all that information yeah uh on, like and, a regular basis <laughs> and i mean twitter's part of that yeah, I, and I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a, a right answer to that. And I do see the, the parallel of uh, anything else that someone might be into. Um, I guess I struggle with it because I was just like, is there something that I'm like, can't miss this? And like, other than, I don't know, like the next Scream movie, <laughs> I don't know, uh, and like a couple concerts. But even those, I sometimes miss. To me, it kind of seems like, you know, say like Marvel and Disney's offerings yeah. provide us, you know, to get it a similar thing yeah but those for me i mean this is now we're going completely off subject but like those are getting to the point where i'm like i'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell people i still watch all this. <laughs> it's just going off the rails um like because now it's like a meme marvel and, and, and star wars and uh yeah i don't know if there's a right answer i just thought i would throw that out there uh is there anything that i didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about I'll throw out one other thing about like fatherhood that's been cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like clearly obviously been like a much a big change in terms of like, say like time commitments and like what I have for things. But, uh, one, one thing that has been cool is growing as a person and like some of this, some of the changes that it like, you know, kind of like forces on you to like, as a, as a father, one, one thing that like kind of sticks out, like you and Eric, Erica especially has been asking like, oh, this is a really good show that you've missed. And, you know, it's like, so we have like so much less time to like reprioritize. watch shows and, you know, like yeah. reprioritize <laughs> things. But it's like, I've like gained like a better appreciation for like when I do have the time to like do that 
to do that stuff. Oh yeah. Like I'm sure your time becomes much more valuable. Well, free time, especially. <laughs> yeah. Trying to do more to like, yeah, to really like, enjoy that free time. And like yeah. now it becomes, have to like, do like much more planning to like go see like Top Gun Maverick. But like, now it's like, oh yeah. Like that was like so bitching, like going to see like <laughs> Top Gun Maverick or. <laughs> I'm curious. Did you see it in the, one of those theaters where like the chairs move? No, okay. no. Didn't. <laughs> that sounded intense to me. Um, yeah, just wonder. Well, yeah, that. I mean, I, I imagine the. Yeah, the general reprioritizing of of your time, really will change your perspective about how you were previously spending your time and how you want to spend your time going forward. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we, as as Americans, we spend a lot of our time in very terrible ways. Hence the content we have and all the shows that you guys are missing out while you're <laughs> fathering and mothering a child. See? Look what you missed. All these shows. and Could have been watching TV instead of having a child. <laughs> um, well, yeah. that's. Uh, I think I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, we just listened to the first episode of season four with my friend Andrew Karras, my family, Andrew Karras. I'm so glad he indulged me in all of my sports questions, and I'm sure that might have been annoying for some of you guys. I went off on a tangent there, but I think there really is something there uh, that people that are kind of wrapped up in that world don't really... Uh, observe, you know, because they have to step out of what they already know and believe to really see it. Um, and that's why I kind of compared it to religion, because I think religion kind of operates on that same level where it's just in order to understand that that camaraderie and that background and and that that foundational stuff, you really have to step away from it and look at it through another lens. And I think Andrew um, brought up a good point when he talked about how, you know, it's kind of like any other small talk, but I don't know. I think it goes a little deeper than that, and I could spend entirely too much time on that. It's any, anything that I don't do or that I don't believe in, I always want to drill people on. It's so funny. But season four is here. Uh, this was su- this was such a nice time to sit down with Andrew. He was in town um, visiting. They brought their son, my nephew, Shane, who's just adorable, and Erica is obsessed with, and I was happy to have him here. And as you guys know, if you've been following along, we are now bi-weekly while I am in grad school. So I will talk to you in two weeks. But in the meantime, head on over to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod. Don't forget the pod. And you can uh, join up there because I think I'm going to do some off-week content there. And uh, just hang out, chat with me. It's just about a dollar a month and it's good times. It supports the show. So thank you to all the sponsors. Thank you to Andrew so much. And I will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, Bye-bye.